0: Heavenly Father, use the words that I speak for your glory. Amen. Tonight is Oscar night, the 87th annual Academy Awards, and many people from all over the world will be watching. Some films will go away winners. Even those that don't will be remembered for many years to come. Eight films are nominated this year for Best Picture. All have merit. Some are funny and some are really serious. Some are works of pure fiction and others are based on true stories. Interestingly enough, this year's fiction versus nonfiction divide is about 50-50, One of the films I really enjoyed was The Imitation Game, a film based on a true story. If you haven't seen it yet, The Imitation Game takes place in England in the dark days of World War II. At Bletchley Park, the center for top secret intelligence, the British government is trying everything they can to break Enigma the Nazis' super-secret, unbreakable code. Nothing they've tried is working, and time is running out. Enter Alan Turing, the genius mathematician who set out immediately to devise a machine to break the Nazi code using the speed of new automated technology. I'll spare you the rest of the story, But anyone who watches the film gets a pretty clear view of the strategic vacuum, the stability wilderness, the wilderness of unknowns, the British were finding themselves in before they broke the Nazi code. The uncertainty of the war left British resolve strong, but practical strategy lacking. The wilderness of not knowing the code costs the British hundreds, if not thousands, of lives weekly during these dark days of World War II. In a similar way, our church catapults into the wilderness this week. Lent has begun. Immediately after Jesus is baptized, he's driven out by the Spirit into the wilderness and tempted, and living, as the writer tells us, with wild beasts. As we hear today, it seems as if Mark is setting, us, setting up Jesus for a major arrival, but instead we have this combination of portrayals, one in being baptized in the River Jordan and being proclaimed as God's beloved son, and one thrust outside of civilization, devoid of comfort, perhaps even devoid of necessities to survive. Thankfully, the comment in the reading about angels waiting on him explains exactly how Jesus did survive. The story seems to be exalting Jesus as God's beloved son and then driving him out. Perhaps this is a way for Mark to tell his readers what Jesus is interacting with the people of his time Was all about. One step forward, one step back. Always a struggle. The concept of the wilderness holds a key in this. The wilderness also holds a key to our observation of Lent. But I want to say this first loud and clear. Please hear this Lent is not structured misery. Lent is not structured misery. We're at the moment today when Jesus is actually claiming his own ministry, telling people the kingdom of God has come near. But before he does this, he spends time in the wilderness. What he's doing, we don't exactly know. But we can take from this story that Jesus has spent time simplifying everything in his life. He has pared back absolutely everything that he can to bring his body, mind, and spirit, his full self, onto the scene to begin the hard work of God's kingdom in earnest. He's let everything go from his life as a child, and he's emerging as a man reborn of both water and the spirit he has truly repented, not from sin, but he has allowed himself to move from living into the expectations of being a citizen of Nazareth into becoming the first citizen of the kingdom of God. Through his time in the wilderness, Jesus has been renewed and restored to his fullest self that his disciples will get to know. A presence that we will also get to know through our stories of Jesus' cross, his death, and his resurrection. But wilderness experiences are painful. I'm sure you've had them. I know I have. But they're important. Because oftentimes in everyday life, we sometimes unknowingly start building false selves around our true selves. Theologian Charles Taylor talks all about this when he writes that we sometimes want to create a self-sufficient framework of life that serves to fit the standards of our social, moral, and political life. In essence, we spend a lot of time creating a buffered identity instead of our true identity before God. And this buffered identity, sadly, doesn't bring us happiness or joy, and it doesn't bring us any closer to God or to one another. I sometimes wonder if the character of Alan Turing in the movie The Imitation Game is really building that machine he calls Christopher not to figure out the Nazi code, but to figure himself out. There are all kinds of overtones in the film that suggest this. But back to us. What do we build to make people like us? Instead of help people get to know us. Who do we try to impress? Why? Does this draw you closer to a presence of real divine love? Or does it take you somewhere else, maybe down another path, maybe somewhere that eventually leads you feeling isolated, lonely, or alone? You might be surprised to learn this, but the season of Lent gives us a chance to cut ourselves some slack, to give ourselves a break, not in some type of epicurean or hedonistic sense that our chief driver is to tie one on for the season, but, but in a call to simplify, to break our enigma code within us. There's something fearfully and wonderfully made inside of you. Christ wants to know that part of you. All of it. But that's so hard. If we live in a world of buffered identities, where do we find our starting point? Where do we start? Lent can give us this framework. The process of repentance is actually one of restoration. As passages in the Old Testament use the word repentance, it applies to move us from a place of regret to a place of restoration. Remember that Jesus tells his followers over and over and over again that his goal for them is to become a new creation. The kingdom of God that he proclaims is all about us growing into the fullness of this new creation, the way God intended the world to be in the first place. So how do we begin to uncover Our true selves. The most traditional way is the call to a Holy Lent that we hear every Ash Wednesday from the Book of Common Prayer to have a season each year filled with self-examination, repentance, prayer, fasting, and self-denying, and by reading and meditating on God's Holy Word. There's a lot there. And there are all kinds of ways that our offerings here at Trinity during Lent can help with that. But you might also spend this Lent asking yourselves the question, What is it that my heart desires more than anything else? What is it that my heart desires more than anything else? And then figuring out how to direct your thoughts and your actions and your whole being in that direction. Spiritual practices come into play, prayer does too. And support from your friends and your family and your clergy and your church community also play a part. We're in the restoration business, in the business to find renewal and restoration together. Before I close, I have to point out one other thing I observed in that movie. I noticed how the Nazis, in their systemic actions of evil, had to add layer upon layer of coercion and complication on absolutely everything in their society in order to just keep going. The sophistication of the machine Alan Turing made had to start Undoing that complication, that complexity, that buffered identity that was completely false. The buffered identity that was Hitler's Germany, a society that had deteriorated into intrinsic evil. Notice how different God is. God isn't calling us to complicate our lives. Jesus himself talks throughout the Gospels and telling us that our God isn't a God who wants scrupulosity, for us to follow rules and laws and endless complications about every situation in life. Our God wants our hearts, wants all of us for love. And so this Lenten season is about us peeling away all the stuff from our hearts from our minds, from our bodies, from our spirits, down to that essence of life that we've been given by our creator, simplifying everything, to move us from a personal wilderness of buffered identity and mourning and regret towards a restoration that uncovers clarity. To break through any version of our own enigma code that we have. To claim that real love that blessed us into this world. In order that we might actually go, bless others, and proclaim like Jesus that the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. God's new creation starts today with you, within you, this Lent.